I imagined talking to them when I was writing this and when I was saying this to myself last night, but it was very much just reflecting and hoping that they're doing okay. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Carissa Yao. Carissa, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. So today, we're going to be listening to your song, I-57, which we just recorded in the studio. Mm-hmm. And so, without further ado, let's listen to the song. Pulled over to the side of the highway I'm crying too hard to see straight All I think about is you and everything you're doing And what I did to fuck us up I know I was the one to hurt you So maybe this is supposed to Be bringing me this pain Three months out of the game While I watch as you move on I thought maybe I loved you But maybe I was just tired of being alone And your arms felt like a home That I wasn't allowed to have I'd still trust you with my life even if you wanted to break me into i'd let you does she kiss your fingertips like i used to never mind don't answer that there's a dull pain in my gut after hurting you this much How the hell am I supposed to move on from that? I thought maybe I loved you But maybe I was just tired of being alone And your arms felt like a home That I wasn't allowed to have I'd still trust you with my life Even if you wanted to break me in two, I'd let you. And I can never be sorry enough. I'm sending you my love, but you can throw it out if you want to 
try to move on If that's what you want I'll drive away for the last time And I'll get gone I thought maybe I loved you And being with you made me feel like I wasn't alone But your arms are now a home that I can no longer have I still trust you with my life even if you want to break me in two I'll let you Welcome back So, Carissa my first and favorite question to always ask is what came first was it the lyrics or was it the music typically when i write it's always the words and the melody that come to me first so especially for this one it was i was just cycling through a bunch of different words i was i wrote this while driving on the i57 so i couldn't write anything down because i, I was driving from champaign to chicago and I was just <laughs> having my phone to the side recording a voice memo as I was like cycling through different lyrics. Then you had all these parts, I guess, uh, in voice memo on your phone. Mm -hmm. How did you bring those different parts together into one melody? And then secondary part of the question, when did you add the guitar to it? After I had recorded the initial verse which i think sounded very different because it wasn't focused on my breakup solely i was also driving to a funeral for a distant relative of mine and so i was just thinking about a lot of grief and loss and i was in a very strange headspace in that time that i started the voice memo in my car so when i got back from that i let it sit for a few days i sat on my couch i listened back to what i had and I just started writing. I think it was just the mental space that I was in at that point, dealing with grief from a few different sources. I just sat down and sang through the rest of the song and altered the lyrics as that happened. And I brought in the guitar, I think, midway through writing just to see what chords I wanted and to figure out, okay, what, what key am I in? Where, where are we going with this? You were singing different parts and brought them all together mm -hmm. off of a phone memo. I'm curious, did you notice if you were singing each of those parts in different keys? No, or? they were all in the same key. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. I, I always think, I, for me, I think of like external things kind of driving my pitch, like well, and maybe on I-57, since you don't really mm -hmm. have to stop, you might be on cruise control, and yeah, so there's a certain pitch that's being generated by the vehicle. Oh, maybe. But, like, I mean, uh, sometimes I'll be writing something, that's it's because I'm vacuuming, right? Like, yeah. there's a, and I'll, you know, you do all the, the little intervals in there. I guess I was just thinking about whether, in writing, whether you were influenced by some external... And I, it, it, but as I said, like I-57, you can pretty much stay the same speed for ever yeah. for those two and a half hours yeah. <laughs> going into Chicago without changing 
so maybe I was picturing it more of you writing like snippets, but you were no, writing it, more it felt, phrases. It felt very linear. I think I had the verse and choruses and then the bridge changed a bunch. It all kind of just made sense. I feel like when I do write anything, it's more narrative based than it is musically. Okay. Like even preparing for recording today, last night in the shower, I was talking through the lyrics and trying it as a monologue. And I was like, well, what would it be like if I took it out of the context of the song and just spoke it out because it's a story it feels very much like a conversation at the time of me writing it it was a very desperate kind of conversation i was having with myself and my imaginary ex in my brain they're a real person but but Uh, they weren't there obviously (laughs) obviously they're not there right right right. this yes you brought up the fact that you're also driving to a funeral of a distant relative at the same time also dealing with and and correct me if i'm wrong you're also dealing with the kind of lingering feelings from a breakup Mm -hmm. it just fascinates me to think that the the idea the two losses having different impacts on your life but somehow being correlated in this song Mm -hmm. because one it's terrible that someone passed away that was related to you that Mm -hmm. you may or may not have known them that well which is a loss but then you also lost this other person who is still alive yeah but that you cared deeply about so that was something that was driving you as you were Mm -hmm. heading up to the funeral i think the two of them converging is what made me pull out my voice memos and start recording but as I continued writing, I decided to focus in on just one of those losses because, I don't know, it, it felt like I couldn't really connect the two because they, they meant very different things to me in my life and it didn't feel right to smush it all together when really it was mostly me processing this breakup. But I was able to process that other grief with other family members and it it was a more shared experience and with the breakup it was very much just oh this is just me in my head and between this other person that no longer wants anything to do with me it almost felt like i was i was driving to my family members so like i could see them one last time and in chinese culture there's something called the Qingming Festival. I just grew up calling it grave. And so we visit the graves of family members that have passed away. Some of them are people I've never met. Some of them are people that I grew up with and cared for very much. And during grave, you bring food offering, you burn incense, you clean up their gravestone. So it's kind of like I see them every year and say hello to them, catch up. And I didn't have that same solace in my brain knowing that oh i'll see this person again with my breakup like i know i'll see my uncle again i i don't know that i'll see this person again which is weird because we're both alive and existing in the same spaces and when you say in the same spaces you mean like that they're still present in the 
town that you live in and oh. like or, yeah, or i mean they they live not in the same town exactly but we have a lot of mutual friends and uh, that sort of thing i guess you know since the lyrics started what did you did you do the first verse first yeah okay mm -hmm. at what point did you bring in the chorus or was that part of the process that was when i was just sitting on my couch and going through the voice memos again i was like well i don't know what i want to say to them but i felt a really strong connection to them so i i want to start off admitting that being honest about that but i had also just recently dealt with another relationship right before them where it was like dragged on for two years and this person was basically using me emotionally um. and so i was like trying very hard to grab onto that previous person as well and so at the time that this relationship happened i, I felt like maybe i was grasping for really anyone but I think that I added the maybe I'm just tired of being alone part after almost admitting that maybe I loved this person because that's jarring to hear, I feel like, after a breakup. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll back up and reflect because I don't know that my feelings were ever actually this deep for this one person necessarily entirely because of how wonderful they are it could just also be my own insecurities creeping in and saying no you gotta you gotta hold on to who you have right now i'm of the inclination to think that most people are not terrible people but yeah. you can have terrible people for you yeah or you can have people that just aren't right for you mm -hmm. or it's just a matter of not being the right time yeah and not I, I mean, this is this is my brain processing what you're telling me is like this this also this idea of people can be very special and a good thing for us at the time. I guess I just think about how in one sense we have a person that has become a representation or they are that person that kind of pulled us out of a nosedive at a time mm -hmm. or they made it they they did something that will forever stand in our brain as this thing that they did for us that helped us. And then at some point we're like, you grapple with that memory of both the person that, w that still is, but also was that person, mm -hmm. but can't be that person to you anymore. Yeah. And it's this weird, like juxtaposition of, I don't know, like music and emotion just work so well because yes, you can feel happy and horrific at the same time and love, loving and hateful at the same time, all at that same thing, but in much the same ways that music can have these two interpretations and two very distinct things. And I, I guess I was thinking about you putting the, the words to the chords on the guitar and i maybe this is just me over generalizing but i found it really interesting that you put a lot of the seventh chords around the word want to or want which is really interesting which is like 
And as I said, it, it may have just been a casual observation. It may be that it just lands that way. But because you end a phrase with want to or want, in my brain, whenever I hear the seventh chord, it always has this feeling of, well, you can end a phrase with a seventh chord mm-hmm. or it's seven, the seventh chord kind of leads into something more. And I always feel like it's it's an opportunity to turn around or change or like have a modulation or pick another borrowed chord or something like that. Like yeah. it, you, you can use it as a transition, you can use it as an end, or you can use it as like something that's just, hey, we're not done yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, that was that was what was going through my head is when I was hearing those those chords and looking at the the lyrics while while you were performing it it sounds like maybe that wasn't intentional it but definitely I was that- not intentional <laughs> i i just put in the seventh chord because i was like i don't i i like the way they sound i like i like oh, a yeah. little bit of dissonance i like a little bit of crunch hearing you talk about that i was in a place in my brain where i was like i really don't want this to be the end so maybe mm. subconsciously that's why i was putting it in there it was really just i like how this is because i wanted some of that like will it will it resolve or not the question that i always like to ask and and it's not always fair to ask mm-hmm. and so we can skip this if it's <laughs> okay but i'll let um, you know so the question is is since this is based on a specific person does that person know that this song is about them yeah i've actually played it for them <laughs> so i wrote this song a while ago now and since then both me and this person have been through some shit and mm. eventually we reconnected and are on amicable terms once again and we were hanging out one time and i was like so i wrote this song about you and um i might record it for a podcast and i just want to make sure that you're okay with this existing because like i know that we're friends again now but like this is like a lot and i was feeling a lot when i was writing this song so i just want to make sure it's cool with you and so we sat on opposite ends of the room not for their comfort they were fine with me wherever Mm -hmm. but i felt like i needed to be facing a corner when i was playing this for them because ah, that's a lot of pressure even even if you're writing if it's a breakup song if it's a love song there there's such uh a being on the spot and i mean i'm much more of yes i like to write something about a specific person but doggone it i do not imagine performing it for that specific person i'd rather just kind of spit it out into the ether and let maybe if it lands on that person and they know that it's them that's fine but it's it's fascinating like this uh, it's like somebody kind of finding a letter later about you really telling them about how you felt i'm just a very anxious person and knowing that it would be out in the world and oh no what if they come across it one day and are like is this about me i'm like I'd rather just let them know. I'd rather rip that band-aid off. Right. Most I, I've written songs for a few people, and most of the time I've also performed it for them because I'm like, yeah, this is about something I want to tell you. But usually they're a lot less emotional <laughs> than right. this one was. I want to look at some of the, the lyrics because I feel like we, we talked about what it's about, but I, I'm just curious about, I guess, the beginning of verse two captures that whole, I want to say back to the seventh chord debate, but mm-hmm. the, um, 
you know, does she kiss your fingertips like I used to? Never mind. Don't answer that. It's this. This is going to sound like such a weird question. <laughs> but I'm going to say, like, I imagine myself writing that line. I almost pictured myself cry laughing about saying that line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew it came from a place of just morbid curiosity. I see that, like, you're trying to move on past this relationship. And I see these other people that you're going out on, like, dates with and, like, well fuck i i shouldn't ask but i really want to know even though it all destroy me because i i don't know i have all these questions but i really shouldn't ask them that's really what that line stemmed from not that it matters anymore but i will look and see what your facebook looks like (laughs) just to see what you're like just see Mm. how you're doing Mm -hmm. like you know are you doing okay are you Mm. you know is your life terrible after I'm gone? You know, I mean, if there's there's this weird, you're like, oh, you got married, or, like, you know. Like, oh, isn't that nice for you? <laughs> Love that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, dealing with a person with all of their flaws and things, and whether it's actually worth it for both of you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to decide whether it's healthy for them to even be in a relationship with you, you yeah. know? And so... I've been in a committed relationship for a long time, so this could seem very foreign to me or a very long time ago, but honestly, it feels very fresh. Like, it is something that I'm like, oh, God, I could totally remember having that really horrible breakup where it just, like, everything hurts. Mm -hmm. I'm just leading into your second line in verse two of, like, there's a dull pain in my gut after hurting you this much. How the hell am I supposed to move on from that? Yeah. You know, it's I, I just keep thinking, like, like one day, hopefully, it doesn't hurt as much. But there's yeah. still, there's always going to be some thing that we reminisce about. Yeah. So, how long ago did you write this song? Oh, gosh. We had broken up in May or June of 2022. And I wrote this three months after we had broken up must have been like september 2022 when i wrote this so a a while ago now which is why i'm able to talk about this and not burst out into tears right like at at this point i've made my peace with i made a mistake and when i was writing this i i thought oh this person has just fully moved on past us Mm. they don't need it be too sad about this ending i'm the only one that's still like reeling over this which is i didn't want to put words in their mouth necessarily when i was writing this it was fully my fault that the relationship ended like i did a bad thing and i was just hoping okay maybe after the initial hurt that i've caused them they've just decided to toss me aside and everything's fine on their end so it felt more like a diary entry almost i imagined talking to them when i was writing this and when i was saying this to myself last night but it was very much just reflecting and hoping that they're doing okay but also i'm i'm still hurting and so i'm gonna write about it and i'm gonna put it out there i'm not gonna deny that even though i was the one that messed up i'm not also hurting in this song it could be the chords it could be the lyrics it could be your vocal line what is your favorite part in this song? I think it, it might be the first couple of lines in the chorus. I thought maybe I loved you, but maybe I was just tired of being alone. I feel like that's 
the first time I'm admitting those things out loud to myself, or at least when I was writing it, I was like, do I really want to say that? Like, that's a, that's a lot to just put out there to, right. to somebody. Like, especially, we didn't date for very long, so mm. it was, it was like, can, I really have had these feelings so quickly that. Why did you want to pick this song as the song you wanted to talk about today? Um, I mean, I, I've not written a lot of songs, and the other ones that I have written, I don't know. I feel like as soon as I write a song, I'll play it out a few times, and then I'll be like, okay, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> and so, it's mostly because this is the most recent completed song that I've written that I'm like, oh, okay, I'll... I'll put this out in the world and I felt like I haven't really talked mm. about it a whole lot in terms of why what I was going through when I was writing it and my thoughts on it so I figured might as well just take that apart now maybe I'll figure something out right <laughs> that I haven't really thought about sometimes I worry that this is a very selfish song it aided in my healing process as like woo-woo bullshit as that sounds even, yeah. even though it's not obviously people going through traumatic things need to talk about those experiences and process them and grieve them i just have a hard time <laughs> applying that sort of empathy towards other people that i have towards myself when i go through these things that's interesting i mean you're writing from your perspective as and that's, you can only write from your perspective. I mean, you can attempt to write from someone else's yeah. perspective, but it will be your perspective of that person's yeah, perspective. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you can make an argument that all songwriting is selfish, but people will get something out of it, whether your intention was altruistic or selfish. I'm always like, just get something recorded get it out there get so it may mean something special to somebody yeah. and if it doesn't mean something to somebody well whatever they'll just ignore it yeah so. and i mean i i hope that some people will be able to connect as songwriters sometimes we're thinking how will this have universal appeal to everyone but then once we put that at the forefront nothing really gets made necessarily we can only write from our own perspectives as hard as we try to encompass somebody else. Yeah, I feel like I've always focused more on the narrative of the song. Like, it, it feels more like a story, taking people across that story with me yeah. has usually been, like, what I think of when, I, when I'm writing. It, it definitely starts off with, like, this is just something that I'm feeling really intensely at that moment. But then when I'm smoothing it out, like I see it in my brain as like playing out. Like after I finished the song, I immediately thought of like, if this were a film, what would it look like? And mm. that even has had many iterations of it started off very like sad and violent. And like I, I had this idea of me like in a ditch and my ex shoveling like dirt over me um, when I when I first finished the song. And now it's like more a, a sad melancholy that's just in the background more so than like this visceral like I'm feeling it all at once right now. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. 
Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's Jubilee. Dot cafe at community dash ucc dot org. Welcome back. So, Carissa, what is your favorite Champagne Urbana venue? I spent most of my life in the Cranert Center <laughs> during my undergrad. To the point where I still have dreams about being lost in in the like production level of Garnered. Oh yeah. So I I have a very soft spot in my heart for all the stages there. But in terms of like community, I mean I think the Rose Bowl is a really great place for live music. I've really enjoyed going there and seeing friends perform and seeing new acts there. I kind of like how small the interior is and how people mm. always seem to just be milling about or they'll be up and dancing. I think it's a very lively place. Not to be down on Champaign-Urbana, but mm-hmm. there, there's not a lot of dancing. There's, no, there's, there's like not. I call this like there's usually that weird bubble that forms mm-hmm. where it's like nobody can stand right up against the stage or, yeah. or be that close. It's like it has to have some distance. I do think that that's a really cool thing that happens at the Rose Bowl. There's always some some dancing that yeah, kind of somebody, erupts. Yeah. And it's like, what? What? How? Yeah, and then other people join in, and it's a good time. It's I think one of my favorite things is connecting with an audience, and I think the Rose Bowl has ample space for artists to do that. Do you have a favorite like musical act that you've seen could be local could be whatever here in champagne i really like sweet milk i've only seen them once at like record store day but i remember just being entranced their entire set i'm friends with a lot of local musicians like annika emily and jake fava and booth blues and tessa turner and Alyssa and and emily the band and it goes on so i mean I always love seeing them perform because it's just watching my friends doing what they're great at right? and enjoying it. Do you have any plans to, you know, perform anytime soon or? Not really. I mean, considering this is the only song that I've written that (laughs) I'm willing to perform still, probably not. I do a lot of local theater so Mm. i'm in rehearsals for a play right now and so that'll be going up at the end of this month it'll actually be on april 27th so six days after this comes out nice yeah and and where is that that's at the station theater 
Nice. That's mm-hmm. a good. That's a good. Another place I really love performing yeah. and seeing performances at is. Can you say what the, yeah, the play I is? Yeah, I can. It's called The Good Person of Setswan by Bertolt Brecht. It is being directed by June Eubank, and it's an absurdist critique on capitalism that focuses on the city of Setswan, which is not a real city in China. Brecht never went to China. Oh, no. <laughs> there's Sichuan province in China, but there's no like city, and it and people are like, it's introduced as welcome to the capital city of Setswan, which is not what it is you know like this is a very fictionalized version of china written by a german man that was just like trying to critique capitalism it's a really fun show i think that people would enjoy it i'm enjoying it you've also gotten into acting and i don't know i i haven't acted since well i should do air quotes but that doesn't translate well on a (laughs) podcast but the only times that i landed parts in in a play in high school was mm-hmm. when it it needed a big cast or lots of extras so i mean, I mean I never... same in high school i did so i've i've really enjoyed doing theater as long as i can remember i always knew that i wanted to do music and perform despite being like the shyest child like if we had a time machine and could go back to my first day of kindergarten i was hiding under a table because i didn't like the sweater that my mom put me in that day and all the kids were just coming in for the beginning of the day in kindergarten they're like ready and there i am just under a table <laughs> like please just oh, ignore yeah. the crying child hiding i don't know i've always really enjoyed performing and i think that helps me get out of that shell i'm no longer that crying child under the table i'm just mm. a very awkward adult but i am willing to put myself in uncomfortable situations Thanks, acting and music for that. What I was thinking about is how performing music and performing as an actor, like, do you get that opportunity to maybe what appeals in your, let's say, like, anxious nature, maybe, (laughs) is during those times, you can actually be someone else. You can be the person that isn't anxious. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. Like, with, with acting... When I get a character, I'm like, okay, who are they? What are their given circumstances? How would they react to things? What time are they growing up in? What is important to them? Where do we differ and where are there parallels between the two of us? I don't know. I like being able to know what's coming next, which is hard to do in real life, but very easy when you have a script that is written out and it's like, oh, okay, I just follow this. And Mm. you make discoveries along the way, obviously, like even if you're playing the same person and saying the same lines over and over again, you find different ways to say them and you find different things that motivate you to say those things and Mm. like what brings you from one thing to the next. I feel like I, I approach music from an acting standpoint a lot of the time too. Like even when I was doing like classical music in undergrad, especially from operas, those are literally works made for the theater. It's very easy to apply those same thoughts and methods to music and it's funny. I have I have a music degree, but I feel like I've been doing more acting recently than I have been doing music and so that's been very informative of like how I approach things but it, it always kind of has been as soon as I could do extracurricular music and theater I did and so that timeline has always sort of been intertwined for me in your opinion what makes a good 
music community or what makes a good community in general? I think communication is first and foremost that is important like letting people know oh what are your shows or letting people know oh i'll be there and that sort of thing i think there's been a lot of mutual support in the champagne urbana music scene where people will go out and see local acts and that reciprocal nature almost and being able to be inspired by each other's art that we're putting out there and being able to pick each other's brains kind of like what you're doing with this podcast and just talking about like what makes us make music and supporting one another mm. i don't i don't know because i'm still not super known in like the champagne urbana music scene i just know a few people and stick with them and yeah i've been observing more than I have been participating, I feel like. I I mean, but I've every, anytime there's been an open mic, I know that you've always performed. So yeah, as far as that, as That's far as I true. know. So basically, what I'm saying at that point is, uh-huh. at any open mic that I've been to, uh-huh. <laughs> you've always performed. So there's there's just as much onus on me as that I should have been <laughs> to all of the open mics, but. I wasn't at all the open mics, but all the open mics that I was at, you did something. So, you know, it's like... Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I guess I I like the open mics because I really like seeing people perform. And Mm. I I like how on the spot it can be. Some people practice their open mic sets. A lot of people don't. I usually don't. Um, But Mm. that's because I have ADHD and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it at some point. And then open mic rolls around. I'm like, I never got to it earlier. And that's fine. We're just going to wing it. But everyone's always so supportive and sweet. And I like being able to be supportive towards other people, too. And I don't know. I I think part of that is the education and teaching part of who i am like i love seeing how people come back and grow or some people are like super shy because it's their first open mic and then they absolutely blow us out of the water as soon as they open their mouths i'm Mm. like what were you worrying about (laughs) you're incredible and and then we sometimes have people that maybe this is something that's super new to them and it's still just incredible that they're putting themselves out there. Hmm. Like, I I really enjoy seeing that. Like, where do you balance the, like, it's healthy to be this nervous mm-hmm. because it gets you to do the thing that you should do, but it's not so healthy that you're being nervous all the time. Yeah, you know? no, I, I definitely think that there's a point where it's okay to be nervous, but don't be so nervous that it makes you freeze up or, like, this was one thing that we talked about a lot in high school theater classes, like take those nerves and turn it into the energy that propels you from one Mm. thing to another on stage. And so I still think about that to this day. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with this nervous energy? How can I turn it into something positive that can be sent out to everybody else that is here? Is there anything that you think that Champaign-Urbana could do better to make it a good music community? I think that, there might be a little bit of clickiness, not like malicious or necessarily intentional. It's just we find who we hang out with and that's who we stick with as people. I think that's just humanity. We find who like our people and we stick with them. I just think branching out to one another might be 
something interesting to do or it's really just been like the past two years now, two or three years that I became cognizant of the Champaign-Urbana local music scene, really. So, and those first couple of years, I was like, oh, this is all remote. Everyone's great. Wow. And it was a lot easier to connect that way because we were all like in the same place doing different things. And now that things are opened up again, it's harder to do that. Right? I Which is funny to think about because you would think it's the opposite. It's like, oh, everything's opening up again. That means we can all go out to each other's things. And that's not necessarily true. We're all busy people. <laughs> and Honestly, I could have lived just fine in the, the shelter in place forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm like, it was awesome when a friend of mine in Chicago that I would never have been like midweek was mm-hmm. doing a living room show yeah. that they were broadcasting and like people could buy a ticket and yeah. you know and I was like this is awesome I had it on my phone I was cooking dinner at the time mm-hmm. or you know whatever and I just you know popped this up and it'd be like oh there if there was a way that we could hold on to some of those things mm-hmm. at the same time as yeah, sure, have have the in-person, but doggone, yeah. I, I just miss the opportunity to be able to see those shows, mm-hmm. support those people. They're in Chicago. Yeah. I couldn't make a, a midweek round trip, four-hour drive, yeah. you know, plus the show. Then I felt like I could actually support this mm-hmm. person better i don't know it, no i i mean i feel the same way it's like there people were streaming so many things and it was really easy to just pop in and be there and supportive and also be doing my own thing like if i'm cooking dinner or doing laundry or whatever i'm not bothering them and i'm still enjoying their music and they're still reaching people if anything, during the pandemic, we really realized how important, you know, all the art forms were to mm-hmm. us. Let's be honest, being able to listen to music is a way for us to distract us from how awful something is or how yeah. boring something is. Or like, it's the thing that gives us motivation to do the shit we have to do every day, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I, I don't know. It's no, that I, I is even that. more its thing, you know? I feel so. that. Like every morning I'm like, okay. I get to the bathroom, I'm like, what song do I want to listen to while I'm brushing my teeth? So that I feel like actually doing anything that I'm supposed to do that day. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Carissa, 
What is your favorite non-musical thing or things? I mean, we've already touched on theater. I really love doing theater, but that can have musical aspects. Like, I love musical theater a lot. There's also my cats. I have three of them. From oldest to youngest, we have Luna, Callisto, and Diana. I have two black cats, and Diana's a tabby. They're great. They're silly little geese. They like to commit war crimes all throughout the apartment. Um, Luna is super vocal. She will have full-on conversations with me from across the room. Callisto's kind of reserved to herself, but a huge cuddle mm. bug. Diana doesn't really... She's not even a year old yet. She'll be a year old April 4th. So I guess by the time this is out, she'll be a year old. She's still figuring things out. She always play fights with the other two and learns real fast to maybe not right. play fight for at least five more minutes before she tries again so you had one cat to begin with mm-hmm. or two? Cats? i had okay. i had one cat to begin with i had luna initially i've had her for four years now i got her as an emotional support animal when i was dealing with a real rough bout of depression in my first senior year of undergrad because i took a while to finish up my degree because of aforementioned mental health things and then I realized I was spending a lot of time out of the apartment because I was taking like 20 plus credit hours and also doing extracurriculars on top of all of that. And I was wondering, why am I so burnt out? That's why, Carissa. But I eventually adopted another cat and that was Callisto. And they were best buds for a while and then I've I've had those two for about four years, and I've had Diana since she was four months old. So, eight months now? Cute. Yeah. I, I grew up with dogs, actually, so Luna was the first cat I ever had. Hmm. And I think it was just really fun, like, meeting a cat. Right. And it very, very quickly snowballed into, I need to stop myself actively from being a crazy cat lady because if i could adopt more than three cats i I would three is even pushing it for for me in my one bedroom apartment but you know yeah (laughs) they're just fun little dudes carissa thank you for being on the show and chatting with me having me this was a lot of fun i appreciate you coming all the way out here and it just It's been a pleasure and recording. I'm sorry. And coming out and recording your song here. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for allowing me to do that because I've, I've been meaning to record and I don't really know how to do it on my own. So this was great. Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Carissa Yao reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
that's a wrap. Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> studio. South Beaker. On the inside. They're silly little geese. They like to commit war crimes all throughout the apartment.